sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, August 25th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. Some people call me the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority. And as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, helping me give you what you need to make it a profitable day as we put the fun in functional sports content. And Kevin, the NBA playoffs march on. We are going to talk about the games that happened yesterday. We are going to preview some of the series that that are continuing, but I do want to start here. We've talked about the Philadelphia 76ers. We've talked about how maybe the pieces don't necessarily fit. We've talked about the process a lot and what this team is going to look like. We said it yesterday. It's probably going to look different, and we heard yesterday that one of the differences is they're going to have a new head coach as Brett Brown has been relieved of his duties after shepherding the 76ers through the process. It seems like there's a new voice that's needed in town for this next stage of the process, Kev. Yeah, look, I think this was inevitable. Uh, the more uh, this season went along, because the only thing that was going to save this man's job was a long postseason run, except that was never going to happen especially once Ben Simmons got injured. We spoke about right. this. He can't hang his hat on a Ben Simmons injury because Ben is not the difference between winning a series or winning a title and being swept out of the first round. That's just ridiculous. And for Brett Brown, yes, he did a lot for many years, and that probably maybe right. gave him more rope with this roster than it should have. Now, what they do next, you and I have spoken a lot about this. Will Ben be gone? Will Embiid right. be gone? Could both be gone? And the more you think about it, and the more you hear the reports, the idea that they're going to let whomever that next head coach is have a crack at getting the best out of that duo does make a lot of sense. If I were to push you on it, I think this would still be a top three duo in the East. Maybe for some, you know, the top duo in the East, I think depending on how you view the the health of some of the other guys. Um, And ultimately, they have, not only are they both incredibly young, they have them under contract for a long time. So I expect whomever that next guy is, we've heard Ty Lue's name linked already, mm-hmm. uh, that they, he will give them a bit of rope there to try and get this duo to mesh. You know, here's my question for you, Kev, about that. You mentioned Ty Lue, right? I've heard Ty Lue's name in a number of places, one of those also being Brooklyn. Brooklyn may have a, uh, you know, may have a beef with you calling any other duo better than them, what they're going to have returning to the court next year in terms of the Eastern Conference. But we've also talked about, you know, Jacques Vaughn in Brooklyn, right? And we've said that even though we don't think he's going to have the job, his stock kind of moved up and he will have another chance. Talk to me about Brett Brown. What does his future look like? Is he going to get another shot? Because here's the thing. He did shepherd them kind of through the process, right? Maybe he's not the guy to get them all the way there. But part of me thinks about something like Mark Jackson was in Golden State for a while, right? And they were improving. And then Steve Kerr took over and took them to the promised land all the rest of the way. Do you think Brett Brown has another head coaching job in his future? 
I think Brett Brown has a, you know, he might end up being an analyst for a little bit there. Mm. Um, but look, potentially, now I'll tell you the one thing we've, we, we've talked about, Dan, is we welcome in our radio audience right here in the morning. This is the early line. I'm Kevin Walsh. I am with Dane Martinez, uh, especially those out on the West Coast with the mightier 1090. But Dane, when it comes to Brett Brown specifically, the one thing he does have going for him is there might be a lot of job openings. Yeah, I guess that's true. We have talked about this already, right? In New Orleans, we know one. In Chicago, we know about one. And there may be others on the horizon. So we will keep it locked in that. But of course, Philadelphia will look different next year, which, by the way, is only in a couple of months, Kev. You know, we're going to talk about some of these games, and some of them deserve a little bit deeper conversation. But one that may not is the fact that the Miami Heat moved on yesterday Finishing the sweep of the Indiana Pacers. They get the job done 99 to 87. Listen, Indy, valiant effort, but they were banged up without Sabonis. We knew Oladipo back and forth was not necessarily his best self, right, as he was battling injury. Um, As we close the door on Indiana, tell me, do you think Oladipo will be there next year or uh, will the Pacers look different as well? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm of the mind that he's probably played his last game for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that comes from me truly believing that he felt disrespected by a contract offer that was rumored. Now, maybe that was a bad rumor. Maybe it was a bad report. Um, because, and, and you know how I feel about this. If it comes from Woj, Shams, right, right, right. Chris Haynes, then that's gospel. That report did not come. For many of them. <laughs> so it, it I believe it was actually Frank Arsola who might have reported it. Um, like it's one of those things where New if it York doesn't guy. come from those guys, then you have to see, you know, how true is it. But Vic with only one year left on that deal, it now is decision time. Because the Pacers are not gonna lose him for nothing. They can't lose him for nothing. That would be a mistake. And this is a team that maybe they don't want to lock themselves into to him financial. Look, they they you know recently signed Brogdon. Obviously, Miles Turner is paid. Demontis Sabonis being an All Star. Right. Maybe they want to try and, and move on from him and get Keep the pieces. Going. And if that's what Vic wants, then I think it could be a very possible likely outcome. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. Indiana is one of those teams that maybe sees themselves moving up. They had a nice run, but we realized they were kind of running out of gas getting to the finish line. The Sabonis injury really hurt Miami. They move on as well as most of these other powerhouses in the East. We'll talk about the other one that's likely to join them in another game or two. We'll talk about it when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here on the early line, giving you the edge on sports grade. Kev, we were talking before about the Miami Heat, how they now get past the Indiana Pacers. And in the East, you know, in the East, we've got three of the four, you know, entrants to the conference semis with their tickets punched, right? Not the case out West when these series are continuing, although some of them are, you know, likely to be gentlemen sweeps, shall we say. But, you know, three of them have punched their ticket, and it is Milwaukee still, the one seed, 
looking to join them. Remember, they got tripped up in the first game. Now, they get a big win here in game four, 121 to 106. You know, Chris Middleton finally shows up in the fourth quarter to be that kind of uh, second guy when they maybe you can say they needed him when it was a little bit closer. And Middleton, you know, kind of gets them their working margin and really, you know, salts it away, shall we say, for game four. And I think most people got to think that Milwaukee, after their uh, loss in game one, is going to kind of blow by Orlando here. But the way I want to ask it to you is this, Kev, you know, like Miami gets through with a sweep. Toronto and Boston get through, you know, Toronto sweeps, Boston sweeps. Like these teams look very impressive in getting into the next round of the Eastern Conference uh, championships, right? You and I thought for different reasons, albeit whether it was Miami, whether it was just about Milwaukee, you know, we had some concerns going into this playoffs around the Milwaukee Bucks. I got to tell you, Kev, you know, I thought they could be had, right? You thought a matchup thing with Miami, but, you know, Boston looked good. Toronto looked good. Miami looks good. Milwaukee looks like they still have some things to figure out. If you're a Milwaukee backer or a fan, are you more or less confident than you were when these playoffs started? I would think you'd have to be less. Like, if you were to go back to the confidence level, right, say, right. before we entered the bubble. Because they didn't play excellent during those eight restart games. And again, that didn't matter. Then you dropped the first game, and obviously you'd rather not. Now, look, to be fair, they've covered every single spread. They've won the last three sure. games by 15 or better, right? Like, they're, they are taking care of business in these games. They are allowing Orlando to hang around, though, a little bit more than you would like. Now, Middleton finally woke up. He scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Right. Giannis has continued to put up excellent, excellent numbers. And they have guys that are contributing. Wes Matthews had a nice four for six from three-point game. Uh, you know, some, some guys off the bench. George Hill was a plus 30, which is incredible. Corver comes in, hits some big shots. But here's the thing, Dane, that is making me most concerned about this team. Is yesterday I was on a Giannis underprop. And I'm mm. like, come on, bud, take out Giannis. You know you want to take him out. <laughs> and I'm not saying that with two minutes to go. No, no, I'm talking about like with nine minutes in the heat of the run, take him out. Right. And he obliged. He took him right out. And he just let Middleton go by himself. Now, listen, did it burn them? No. Middleton was hot. But, like, then he brings Giannis back in, and he takes out the red-hot Chris Middleton. And, again, to do that against the Magic, you can get away with it. They have now for the last right. three games, right? But against the Miami Heat, the idea that you're just going to send Giannis to the bench as Jimmy Butler's on minute 42... Right. As Bam and Abayo's on minute 42. Now, some people might say that they're going to be the fresher team. Okay. But that only matters if you then actually take advantage of the freshness. Because at the end of the day, the way you take advantage of that is now playing Giannis and Middleton 39 minutes. It's not, yes, I've got fresh legs from Dante DiVincenzo to take advantage of Jimmy Butler. Right. Like, that's not the way to go about it. So, do I think that I, you know, Milwaukee again, like they're certainly at a level now where we're like, oh, they've only, they're only winning by 15. Oh, that's, come on, what's, what's up with these guys? <laughs> sure. like, you know, where's, where's, where's the 30 bomb? 
But sure. my frustration from game one, and even now as we've now played four games, is that these rotations do not feel like the best way to optimize the talent. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And you have been kind of, you know, pointing the finger at Budenholzer for a while. Right, Kev? And now you're talking about rotations. You know, this is speaks to the coaching. And I just think, listen, those other three teams in the East look like they are rolling, look like they have it together. And here's what I'm going to say, Kev. Right now, our partners and friends at FanDuel, if you look at the Eastern Conference, winner, obviously part of this is because Milwaukee also hasn't gotten there yet. That You know, Orlando is still technically listed on the board. But, Kev, Milwaukee is still minus money. To win the Eastern Conference at minus 115, Toronto plus 270, Boston plus 350, Miami is the fourth choice at plus 850 still, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. But I I don't think that Milwaukee has shown in the bubble and these other three teams have looked good. I, I think Milwaukee still being minus money here to get through not only uh, the Heat, but then whoever is standing there left out of Toronto and Boston, I don't think I'd have that at a greater 50 than 50% number and minus money, Kev. Well, you have to think about the fact that that number again was uh, above minus 200 at one point. Like it's come, yeah. it has come down considerably. If you identify that Miami number specifically, right? So Miami's plus 850. Yeah. And now there's a next to 0% chance, but there's still a chance, right, that they could play the Orlando Magic in the next round. Right. Um, here's the thing, though. Plus 850. Trying to figure this out the other day. What is Miami on a series price against Milwaukee? Is Because Mil- I was thinking maybe Milwaukee minus right. 850, give or take. But that plus 850 number, unless I'm reading it wrong, Dame, you can tell me, right? No, it suggests but, it would be higher than that. Yeah, like we're talking about the Bucks is minus 400, 500 on a series price. I would call it more like 350, but yes, but yes, we are saying something that like I believe and a lot of the way we've been talking about it, right? People should be chomping at the bit and saving their money ready to fire on it, right? Because it will look um, appetizing to anybody who thinks like me, Milwaukee can be had or like you who think that Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat and their waves of defensive minded veterans will be able to cause problems. Remember also, Kev, um, the Miami Heat took care of the Bucks in the regular season, right? On multiple occasions. And so, you know, that, to, that is to your point, it being a mad, bad matchup. I know we only have a couple minutes in this break. We will talk about others. I wanted to ask you something about these series in general. I heard a comment yesterday and I was like, you know what? That's interesting. Some of these series that we're going to talk about that are getting into say like a game four or moving back and forth. What do you think has been the impact Kev, of some of these series, not shifting venues for game three, you know what I mean? Like some of these teams could be like, it, it could be a one, one series or down two one. And usually in game three, right. You, you go back home. Like for example, mm-hmm. might Brett Brown still have a job. if game three <laughs> against Boston was in Philadelphia, right. In a place where the Sixers only lost twice all season. Right. And that series 
Maybe the Celtics still win that series, but instead of like an embarrassing sweep, it's a six game series. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Brett Brown would be retained because of that. But what do you think about in some of these other series as well? Like imagine if Oklahoma City could have gone back, you know, to OKC. Imagine if uh, Denver right now in game five would be like going back to Denver. What do you think has been the impact of that? Uh, You know, because the zigzag theory usually holds and it may even be more important in the next round than moving forward. We're not changing venues anymore. Yeah, I think from the Sixers' perspective, there's no way they get swept. And I don't care what any Boston Celtics fan tells you. That team was way too good at home to have then been swept out in the postseason had they had two games. If this went six and was more competitive, does Brett Brown still have his job? No, I still don't think so. That team, if they got bounced in round one, he was done. I'll tell you what was interesting, though. Right, We had a couple of sweep opportunities. All of them came in. And you, ha- you know, because there's a big difference between, now to be fair, technically Indiana would have been your home seed, but like then if there was actual home court advantage, Miami pushes to get the four, so you kind of get the give and take. But I think those teams fight more. Come on, let's get this last game in front of our crowd. Let's get right. this last game in front of our crowd. Right. Instead, they were all swept. All of them. Yep. Something to keep an eye on. Also, game we're going to talk about when we come back from the break and from the news update was game four in Portland and L.A. That technically should have been a Portland home game, but it was Mamba Day, so we had patches and badges left and right. We'll talk about that one when we come back right after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line, including our radio audience around the country, especially out there on the West Coast, waking up early with us on the Mightier 1090, Kev. People out there on the West Coast in Cali, as we say hello to Southern California, are going to be very happy because the Los Angeles Lakers continue to put their foot on the throat of the Portland Trailblazers on 824 Mamba Day, okay? There were badges. There were signs out there on the video wall, even though technically game four was supposed to be a Portland home game. I thought we were fighting for the video wall to be representing you, but obviously they honor Kobe. They come out big. They had something like a 20-point lead right out the gate. They wind up winning 135 to 115, and as you heard in the update, Kev, AD left this game, but Damian Lillard had a knee injury. He played only, let's see, what was it? 20 some odd minutes, 27 minutes before he had to leave. And honestly, we knew that this was happening anyway, right? It seems like the Lakers are snowballing on the Portland Trailblazers. Portland really needs to play a perfect game. And uh, if you do not have the most valuable player in the bubble, it makes what was a very tough task almost impossible, Kev. Yeah, I mean, look, the game was was way over before Dame left, right? Sure, um, twenty points right out the gate. They were, I think, it was like I mean, twenty-two it was a, to six, fifteen it nothing. 15, it was a fifteen-zero run to start the game. The game was yeah. over before the Blazers had scored their first points. Like, that's what happened because yeah. they're just not of the level of Lakers. And and this is this is just what, what, what I had talked about here. Because here's the thing: the Blazers went out there and shot forty-three percent from three. But the Lakers yeah. had some of their nice three-point regression finally kind of start to come home. And yeah. they actually went out there and shot 
And they're running up against the completely locked-in LeBron, which is a nightmare for this team because Gary Trent Jr. is hopeless, and Carmelo can't guard him either, and they have no answers. And Anthony Davis, in 18 minutes, was plus 37. That doesn't even sound possible. (laughs) That doesn't even sound possible. At 18 points, five boards, five assists, stealing two blocks. I mean, he was just completely dominant. So... This was a game where the Lakers, again, showed the gap that exists between these two teams. Really, the only question now is whether or not Damian Lillard plays in Game 5. Personally, I think that the AD decision was made because of the status of the game. Um, Hmm. You know, he was kind of still hanging out on the bench there. He didn't look to be grimacing in pain, where, uh, you know, Dame kind of came down on the knee buckled, was like, yeah, I'll play through it, and then seemingly was making it worse, had an MRI, came back inconclusive, which sounds not great that it was inconclusive, and now he's waiting on a second MRI. I'm not going to say it's unlikely he plays in game number five, but if the Blazers are honest with and they never want to do this, and Dan would never let them do this, but like, is it really worth him going out there and pushing it in game five if he's less than 100%? I would argue no. I get it, though. He's not going to let this season end without his best effort. But even his best effort might not be enough to get this team past the Lakers. Now, I hear you, Kevin. Like you said, you know, this could be a very slippery situation. Okay, because remember, next season, right, is only a couple of months away, you know, and when you're talking with someone like Damian Lillard, right, who has that potential to next year even have these Portland trailblazers be, Oh, I don't know a top four team in the West, right? We've talked about what these blazers could be with this full complement in a full year. But if this is a injury that could get worse by trying to be a hero, right? When you are down three, one and the writing is on the wall, you know, this could be Kev. Do you agree a situation where maybe the organization needs to save Dame from himself and have the more long-term view when the player, of course, like you said, is going to be like, I don't care. I'll be out there on one leg shooting from 35 feet away and watch me drop some of them. But the organization may have to realize, uh, lose the battle to win the war long-term with their franchise player. I mean, considering he tried to play on one leg, right? right. Literally in the game. Like, and kudos yeah, to him. I mean, like, that's the way he's going to go. He's a dog. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, and But Portland has to know that he's going to do yeah. that and maybe needs to save him from himself. Yes, I agree. Now, you know, and ultimately it'll just depend on the severity of it. If it's a tweak, again, it's going to be next impossible to get him to not play in the game. If it's, you know, but if it's bad, I think that they're going to have to, again, be honest about the situation. Man, I mean, are the Lakers laying 12 and a half if there's no Damian Lillard? And is anybody not mm. laying those 12 and a half points? Like in the elimination game, just one of those interesting things that we'll have to see, uh, you know, kind of as it develops here. But I just want to make this note, okay? Yeah. We had a situation where the Clippers had passed the Lakers in the, you know, you kind of talked oh, yeah. about the Eastern Conference uh, futures yeah. odds. The Lakers are now back to the top. Mm. Uh, I'm sure some of that coming from them being impressed with how the Lakers have looked, but what it more so has to do with the fact is the Clippers and the Rockets now sit there in series that are tied up after four. 
Yeah, absolutely. You talk about that, you know, maybe it's the idea that hmm, the Clippers may not even get past Luka, KP, and the Dallas Mavericks. That obviously has to change the odds a little bit as that series is 2-2. We also got another Western Conference series tied at two, as you mentioned, with the Rockets going down yesterday to the Thunder, 117 to 114. I got to ask you, listen, Kev, at the beginning of this series, they talked about Russell Westbrook. He was going to like miss a couple of games. And at one point when Houston was down 2-0, I mean, when up 2-0, you and I were like, hey, maybe you get cautious with it, right? You get conservative. You let them heal up. It's now 2-2, okay? They need Russell Westbrook. Do we think he is going to be back for game five? They were starting thinking like, oh, maybe he's getting back to it. Maybe he will be. Looks like Houston may, in fact, need him because this series is knotted at two. Yeah, you know, this was this was really never supposed to be an easy out. Now when a team gets up 2-0... And it has nothing to do with playing in Houston, right? Kind of something we were just talking about. You're like, oh, wow, this, this could be tough. And you kind of saw the swing there. Went to overtime, Thunder get it done. And here we are again, another tight game, and the Thunder get it done. And now we have a series here. And this is the thing. You might start to ask yourself now, have the Thunder started to figure it out a bit? Mm. Offensively, put together now their two best games it feels, of the series. Dennis Schroeder's been very good. 30 points off the bench. Chris Paul popping in the second half. I believe he had 22 points in that second half. They got Shea Gilgis-Alexander to give them 44 minutes, which is just mm-hmm. impressive that he's able to put forward that kind of workload. And look, they did it, right, in a game where they made 12 less threes than the Rockets. Now, they're always, you know... Rockets I mean, set a Rockets, record. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets shot, I mean, 25 more, you know, 26 three more threes than I mean, them. Right? I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. But they actually were more efficient, okay? So it wasn't even a volume thing. Like, they didn't have great three-point shooting nights given to them. Gallo, only one of three. Chris Paul, 0 oh, for 5. I mean, Lou Dort helping the average a little bit with his yeah. performance, right? So... It's a very, very interesting kind of spot. We, you know, Jeff Green's still refusing to have kind of a bad performance. I'm not sure when it comes to this Rockets team if the answer is anything other than let's just hope we keep making more threes. But honestly, in 39.7, well, if you make 40% of your yeah. 58 attempts from three, you should win that game. You, yeah, you'd think you'd win. Like Harden, 32, 15, and eight, four steals was a plus yeah. two. Like, you don't look through this game and being like, oh, yeah, that's a game that the Rockets' numbers dictate they lose. I disagree. I think it's a game if you only look at the Rockets' box score, you might say, oh, yeah, that's a game that they have. So, look, we're here 2-2, thunder with the momentum, and I'm not sure Westbrook comes in and flips this series, even if he so can ask- come in. Right. No, I understand. So let me ask you this, right? The series prices right now. With our friends yeah. and partners over at FanDuel. The Rockets for the series, Kev, that's now a best of three, right? Is minus yeah. 162. OKC is plus 132. Does the piece of data that is Russell Westbrook give you an opportunity to maybe get ahead of a bad number here? They don't know if Russ is going to come back. I I kind of believe, Kev. Oh, let me ask you, actually, do you think this 162 minus 162 for the Rockets in this series 
assumes the presence of Russell Westbrook for the last two or three games because otherwise, you know, the plus 132 with the momentum on OKC side when you said maybe they're figuring things out. Mm -hmm. I got to believe the reason this is not closer to 110 on both sides is because of the expected return of Westbrook. Do you want to play that game and try to get ahead of injury news? You know, it's interesting. And I, and I like where you're at with this, right? Now, I want to say to you, though, and this is what the number kind of was pre-series, right? So yes. it was obviously tied before the series. Here's the most interesting thing, though, to be total, to be, it's actually less about the series price. And it is okay. about the spreads. Like, the more we think about it, right, the Thunder were favored in game one. When that game closed, the Thunder were your favorites. And then the Rockets went out there and they took it to them. And then they did so again in game two. And Houston, though, now, after two games of losing, remains three-point favorites for game five. So that does beg the question, do they think Westbrook's coming back? Or have they now determined, no matter what, the Rockets remain three-point favorites? That actually might be, as opposed to getting involved with a series price where I honestly am sick to my stomach that we didn't jump on seven to one on the Thunder to win this series. Legitimately could have been done here. Could have hedged out for all the profit in the world, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we just go to the game action where maybe there's an argument to be made that this, at best, should be a pick'em. Yeah, no, I think that is a good point. And I do think they're starting to bake in something on the impending return of Russell Westbrook. So see if we're going to get ahead of that. When we come back, we talk about two series that are continuing today. One team may be going home. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. And we try to put the fun and functional sports content all the time. I am Dane Martinez. I'm joined by my main man, Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we've got game fives on the horizon today in the first round. And we start with Denver and Utah. And I want to make the point here. Denver is down 3-1, Kev. In normal circumstances, they would be getting the benefit of having this game five back in their building, right? And that, I I honestly believe, is a big difference when you're on the brink and maybe not one of these kind of like, oh, this is Milwaukee, Orlando. Oh, this is the one seed that's going to like pull away. This is the three seed, right, that is down in the series, could go home to a place where they play well. They don't have that luxury. They are down 3-1. But you know what, Kev? It doesn't matter if this game is played on the dark side of the moon. Job number one, two, three, and four has to be to contain Spider Mitchell and his outbursts lately. It has been ridiculous. He is now maybe the new MVP from within the bubble now that Dame Dollar has fallen off and Mm. obviously gotten banged up yesterday. What do you think about this series is donovan mitchell going to continue his otherworldly performances is jamal murray perhaps going to drop 40 and play second fiddle again yeah so this is the thing gary harris is questionable he's not played like in the bubble at all even if he plays i don't know what he's meant to do 
the Denver Nuggets defense is an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, it is atrocious. They are hopeless out there. That's not taken away from anything that Donovan Mitchell has done. Okay. But like the idea that they are going to be, okay, guys, let's focus in on them. What, what, what have they been doing since game one? Right, they right, just right. can't do anything. They're hopeless. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, the Jazz might have just taken the Nuggets' best punch. And they got 50, 11, and 7 from Jamal Murray. And in 43 minutes was a plus five, and they still lost the game. Yo, I mean, Jokic had 29, 7, and 6. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. But now Porter Jr. ended up getting relegated back to the bench defensively. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen some of the defensive numbers for Michael Porter Jr.? Not good. Like, Not I, good. I, I almost can't believe how bad it is. Jazz players this series, when defended by Michael Porter Jr., 70 points on 63.5% from the field, 60% from three. I mean, my good, he is hopeless out there on the defensive side of the ball. And as much as I keep telling myself, oh, well, the Jazz are eventually going to shoot poorly from three, when? No, they're not, evidently. They're just not. And they got 51 from Donnie Mitch. Mike Conley's been great since he's come back. Clarkson's playing some good ball. I think the only world where the Nuggets are able to get a game is the Jazz just miss. But it won't have anything to do with the Nuggets forcing misses because they tried that last game and they still gave up a buck 29. Yeah, you mentioned that, that the Denver defense in the bubble has been even worse than the Portland defense in the bubble. And so their path to victory is to straight outscore you. But when the Jazz are being as efficient as they are, it makes that a very tall mountain to climb. I want to ask you about Donovan Mitchell, who has, I don't know if he's developed further, taken another step, but has become literally unguardable. Kev, I know at one point you were... Not worried per se, but interested to see if Mitchell could keep it up with the return of Mike Conley with the ball being in his hands a lot and how Mitchell would still be able to dominate. 27 and a half is his point total, Kev. I mean, he's been putting up almost twice that in this series, right? Or is this a case where, remember I told you when Damian Lillard was doing this and that total was going all the way up to 36, 37, almost 38 per game, the right mm. decision is to go under. Um, let's compare that logic with right now, Donovan Mitchell, 27 and a half as his prop bet total today. Are you going to push fate or uh, is there regression coming? And, and look, you don't have to sugarcoat it with me. I was nervous. I did not think he could do this because he has no history of doing this. But here he is, and he's yep. playing great. And here's the difference to me between the with Damian Lillard's situation and Donovan Mitchell. About okay. eight points, in eight, like ten points in some of those games. Like Donovan Mitchell, Dane, if I tell you Donovan Mitchell scored 30, right, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, this guy again. Great game. Great game. Right. But not like otherworldly scorcher. Sure. Right? Like, and if you look at it, the level of consistency that he's putting forward, I don't know what they can actually do to stop him. Now, I don't know if I'm going to play the over, but I'm absolutely not playing the under. The one thing I do want to bring up with this game is the total. This okay. number is 221. 221. In this series, it has been 214 and a half, 216 and a half, 216 and a half, and 216 and a half. That is a mm. huge jump. Huge. Yeah. Now, it's because. Yeah. 
The Denver Nuggets can't guard anybody. But if you think that Denver's going to go out there and be competitive, and you think that they're going to be able to make this a tight game, maybe you just want to grab some under. And maybe, Dane, if you're a pure value better, they've added right. five points to a total, and yeah. maybe you might be able to catch them coming the other way. Yeah, you know, I'm interested in that, Kev, because also we've talked about the Jazz's efficiency, right? And that is something that can regress even without having to depend on Denver and their defense in order to help that number, right? It's just the kind of unsustainable shooting of the Jazz that could make that happen. So the total is interesting, and we will see if Donovan Mitchell continues his quest and his coming out party in the NBA. The other game that's happening tonight, Kev, another series that is now 2-2. Everyone was, you know, absolutely enamored with what Luka Doncic did over the weekend, the triple-double on a bum ankle, including 40 points, including the three-pointer at the buzzer to make this series 2-2. We are staring, though, with the Clippers as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Game 5. 235-and-a-half is the total. Pretty high, if you ask me, but these teams have been going over it. These teams have have been scoring. Now remember, Luca did a ton in game four, and he was without his Robin, Kristaps Porzingis, who now has missed all of game four. Remember, he was ejected in the second half of game one. And, you know, the Mavericks, when he has been playing, have been demonstrably better than the Clippers. They even got a win when he wasn't on the court. Talk to me about the status of KP and the impact. This is now game five. And uh, by the way, the Clippers do not get the benefit of this being back in L.A. What do you mm. think about KP's availability and the impact for this series that is as close as it can be? Yeah, look, Kristaps Porzingis is a game-time decision. Uh, you know, we do have Luka Doncic with that ankle listed as probable. There's no world where he's right. going to be missing this game. And the other big update is, you know, Patrick Beverly remains unlikely to play in this game, mm. which does seemingly have an impact on this team. And Patrick Beverly only played once in this series. That game went under. And as I look here at this 236.5, right, this massive number that uh, we have over here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, excuse me, 235.5, mm-hmm. I, I, that number, again, we talked about it just kind of with the Jazz in Denver. That's gone up, 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 230.5, then a couple of 232s, and now here we are, an extra 4.5 points tacked on. And you can see why. I'm not saying that it, you know, you get it, right? These games have been flying over. I would say that the way the Clippers come out here and respond is a good defensive performance. Is that there? You know, can Kawhi do it on both ends for 48? It's a tough ask. Can Paul George do anything? I don't know. I, 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 this is a tough, tough game to call. My easy, uh, op out is that. I will not do anything until I know what is going on with Chris Stapp's Porzingis, uh, to be quite honest. But this is a tough call because I can't get over the pedigree of some of these Clippers players, right? right. And the status of some of these players. But you said it, Dane. They have not looked like the better team in this 2 2 series. No, they haven't. And um, I think we know exactly the main person you're talking about, right? That needs a bounce back uh, effort or a guy when you're talking about the prestige and the name brand value of some of these guys on Los Angeles. Let's be clear. 
We are talking mainly, Kev, about Paul George. Okay, Paul George, who is supposed to be a perennial all star, who is supposed to be that legitimate number two and Robin to Kawhi Leonard's Batman has not happened so far. I know you like to kind of get on him about that playoff P nickname, which he maybe earned with Indiana like a long time ago and hasn't necessarily been there. So let me ask you this. Do you want to bet against Paul George bouncing back in this game? Because his prop bets still respect the name brand that is Paul George, Kev. You know what I mean? So 23 and a half points. He hasn't sniffed that recently. Six and a half boards, three and a half assists are the prop totals for Paul George. Are you confident? Would you want to continue to fade Paul George? Because unless he does have this kind of bounce back, he ain't sniffing 23 and a half, Kev. So I've played PG over his number two games in a row, okay, Okay. after the first playoff P game. Now, I'm not sitting here as someone who's, uh, you know, I've been burned. I'll never bet on this guy again. No, like ideally you'd love to say, okay, he's going to come back now. But he's now been so bad, so horribly bad, awful, terrible, bad, that it begs the question if this guy's actually healthy. And that kind of changes everything that we're talking about here, okay? Again, I've gone through kind of the Paul George playoff numbers, and after bad games, usually he'll come back and bounce around. So after he put up 14 on 4 of 17, I thought that he'd show up. And instead he went 3 of 16 for 11 points, 1 of 8 from deep. And I said, all right, well, now he's going to play well. Seven points in the first quarter, and then finished the game with nine points, 3 of 14, 1 of 7 from deep. Maybe it's in his head. But even then, I don't know how great I feel about it. He's disabling comments on his Instagram. He's going on Instagram rants because he can't take the heat. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do here. Now, I will tell you this. I will not play it under. I will not play it under. Okay. That's too concerning to me. Okay. And especially if someone who's tried to bet him over twice, he then shows up and goes over, I'd be upset. But I think there's, even if someone would tell you there is value on that 23 and a half, I don't think I can bet it over either because now I have questions about certainly where he is mentally, but also where he just is physically. Yeah, listen, obviously that is potentially an issue, right? If he is struggling like this, maybe he's not going to talk about it as much. We're in the playoffs, but, you know, I think it's – It's smart for you to wonder if there's something else going on behind the curtain. Is he compromised? And if that's the case, maybe what we are seeing out of him could be a trend continuing, right? And not something that he'll be easy to kind of just snap out of and say maybe it's just more than just a poor stretch of play. I will say this, Kev. About two weeks ago when we started this round of the playoffs, you had a glow about you that we were talking about. So I do want to say yesterday was the last day, I think, where we're going to have like four games every day (laughs) in the NBA playoffs. We still got a lot of ways to go until we crown a champion. But how awesome was it to have like 12 hours of basketball from like 1 to 1 a.m. Eastern time at least every day? That's a lot of fun, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. I I mean, you know, now obviously the the midday nap schedule uh, will kind of go back to normal. But it's been an absolute Mm -hmm. treat. It's going to be weird today. 
not a game not on until right not having the early games right absolutely and more teams will be leaving the bubble making the bubble even safer we keep it moving on the early line right after this stay with us sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, yesterday we had our guy George Kurtz on with us to look at some of these hockey series, and he was telling us what would happen. The New York Islanders get a big 4-0 victory over Philadelphia to take the first game in that series and go up one nothing. And then also the Dallas Stars get a 5-2 victory over the Avalanche. They're now 2-0 up in that series, not to be outdone today. Day. A lot of conversation, remember, about the Boston Brewers and their goalie situation. Well, to, uh, not to grasp, but Halak, they will start to see the Tampa Bay Lightning again. That is minus 110 on both sides, Kev. Okay, so Ooh. they are seeing that as a toss-up game today between Boston and Tampa. And then Vancouver, who, you know, George Kurtz said pretty much is going to turn into a pumpkin, remember, because he thinks that the Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the NHL. They get Vancouver tonight and they are minus 210 favorites five and a half is the goal total in both of those games what are you looking for on the ice either out of last night or coming up today yeah it's just interesting to look at the series prices you would think the golden knights were up 5-0 in the series as they sit there with right. minus 850 compared to the rest of these teams uh the bruins being minus 205 in a series that's straight pick them with only that one uh lead is pretty interesting i also think as well with the games that we saw yesterday, the Islanders, who are dogs and will be dogs kind of game to game, even after just grabbing that one, have gone up to minus 184. So yeah. the Flyers at plus 150 in the series. But the Dallas Stars, okay, a lot of people like this Colorado Avalanche team. Uh, the Dallas Stars go up 2-0 now in that series and went yesterday from even money, okay, after being up 1-0, to now minus 230 in the series. The Avalanche, though, who again will still be favored, in game to game to game in this series are plus 184. Absolutely. So we will keep our eyes on the Stanley Cup playoffs as they continue. And you know here on the early line, whether it's our guy George Kurtz, whether it's our guy Carver, whether it's our guy Cam Stewart, who will be joining the show as usual tomorrow and every Wednesday, we will give you what you need to hopefully make it a profitable day on the ice. When we come back, hour number two, we got NFL news to discuss. It's only two weeks away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 